Hey there, welcome to Bound Together. We are two friends and two self-published authors who took different paths in life but kept in touch and kept on writing. My name is Sarah Gray and I chose corporate career while Laura Catherine went full-on family. This is all about how we approach writing in our two different worlds, the struggles, the positives, and how we keep the writing flames alive. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Laura. How are you? Fancy meeting you here? I know, it's been a while. It's been a while because we recorded our other ones early and then this one yes. was late. And this one's late. <laughs> so yes. It's been like because, over a month since we recorded. Yeah. yeah. Someone got sick. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, <laughs> but you can probably tell by their voice. But it's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so for this episode, we decided to do some more book recommendations or book reviews. Ooh. Talk about books that we've read that we liked, basically. I don't know if you call it a review, by the way we talk about them. I don't think it matters, to be honest. I mean, I feel like our audience is pretty easygoing. That's true. And we make the rules here. We do. We're just going to talk about some books. And yeah, if you like them a, too, then maybe you'll want to buy them. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> You're going to start us off? I am. Uh, as soon as I... Get all your notes. Find my notes. You actually took notes and I did not. This is I always crazy. take notes. We Listen, we always go through this. Uh, the pantser takes notes for this and the plotter does not, <laughs> which I find endlessly fascinating. But I'm going to put you in a little screen over there. There we go. So I can still see you. Um, okay, so the book that I'm going to be talking about is actually an entire series of five books. Uh, and this is the Lockwood & Co. series by Jonathan Stroud. So uh, there's five books in it. There's The Screaming Staircase, The Whispering Skull, The Hollow Boy, The Creeping Shadow, and The Empty Grave. Okay, so I've knocked these all out since we last did a book review. That's how good they are. Um, And I found this series because obviously there's a Netflix series that came out this year called Lockwood & Co. It was so good. And, yeah, and it was amazing. And you told me about it and I'd seen it on Netflix and I was like, I have no idea what that's about. I, like, I just wasn't going to touch it. And then you got me onto it and it was amazing. And semi-spoiler? I don't know if this is a spoiler, but the way that that series ends, there's a cliffhanger like, there's a door, they're about to open it, and you want to know what's behind it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew that they hadn't announced a second series at the time, and now they've said it's cancelled so that I we know. don't get any more, which I'm is just heartbreaking. So I immediately ran out um, to get them. But it's really hard to get these books in New Zealand, right? Because the turnaround time, like the print turnaround time, when something goes like gets really popular on Netflix to when we actually get them, like I don't know if Australia is the same, but I feel like it is in New Zealand. It takes months. It can take like three to six months oh. before you can actually buy the books in the stores. Um, obviously you can buy them from overseas um, or you okay. can, the other thing you can do is I have a local bookstore around the corner so I can just go in there and get them to order them for me, but you can't just like walk into a bookstore and get them. Um, and like, no, nah, we don't have that problem here. Like every time I see something that I like on TV show of a book, I'll just go on and line and it'll be in mm. the bookstore. Or I can buy it online from a bookstore. 
Listen, the, the extra distance it takes to like drive the ship from Australia to New Zealand is just too <laughs> New much. New Zealand is a little bit too far from Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I find with like the really quick viral ones that like I, that I don't really think they care about um, bringing them out over here. But then we used to have like w- ways to buy them, like book depository or whatever, or you can buy them from Australia. Um, so I went to my local bookstore. They had four of them. So they didn't have the first one. So I couldn't read that. Um, so I read the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and then I went back and read the first one. But then I figured because I'd read the, You'd seen uh, the like, show. Watched, yeah, I'd seen the show and that covers the first two books. Two books. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, I can do that. Um, and I've just finished the first book and it's so, it's so good. Oh my God. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so. That's all the background. So this is what it's about. Let me have a sip of tea because I just did a lot of talking. <laughs> I love this show so much. As soon as I saw it, I was like, so ghost, ghost, like people Ugh. fighting ghosts. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Yep. Paranormal. Love it. Um, we're in a paranormal vibe at the moment. <laughs> uh, okay. So Lockwood & Co., what's it about? So this is like a world where ghosts uh, return at nighttime um, and if they touch you, you die, basically. So they can return if they are attached to a source, like it could be their bones or like something that was really important to them, like a piece of jewellery, could be a table. I don't know why they'd like a table, but it can be a tree, <laughs> something, it can be anything. Um, Maybe you die against the table. <laughs> yeah. And their ghost slash soul is basically tied to this thing. And so every night, um, as soon as uh night falls they can come out um and the ghosts have different powers as well like some of them um it's like level one two and three ghosts uh and obviously like three is three is way more powerful and terrifying and very difficult to kill and one's you know a bit a bit easy um (laughs) so this one um so it takes place in london and basically because this problem came around uh, quite a long time ago. I've put, I think it's 50s-ish, but it could be a little bit later. Um, it's like one of those because, alternate kind of, yes. world, like it's the real world, but it's, yeah, it's an, like an alternative alternate. London. Yeah. 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 So because the problem came in around then, um, the idea is that they didn't have, um, they weren't able to focus on technology. Um, so they haven't developed technology like we have now because they were so focused on solving and sort of protecting themselves against the problem. Mm. So in the books, they don't have mobile phones. They don't have computers. They don't have like, not everyone has a TV. So sort of newspapers and landlines and magazines and libraries like the 90s um, is basically how everybody communicates. And it's really interesting because you don't have all this technology that gets in the way. I love um, books like that that is like, oh, if this certain change happened, how would that affect how society evolved yeah. and yeah. how different it would be? Like this stuff you just wouldn't invent because you didn't have a need for it and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's really cool. Yeah. I think that's cool too. Um, and then the things that repel ghosts are like iron and magnesium and salt, um, things like that. So the weapons that they use against them, they have rapiers um, and iron chains and magnesium flares, really cool stuff. So you're not, you don't have really technological weapons either. Mm. Um, so the three main characters. Um, so we'll talk about 
uh, Lockwood first. So Anthony Lockwood or Anthony, I don't know, maybe it's that's how you would say it. Um, he's like this charming owner of a his own psychic detective agency, right? He's been through some trauma. His family died and he lives in that house that they left him. Um, and he's talented, very talented, but he has this like reckless daredevil streak, um, which they refer to as as a death wish in the books. Um, and it's just this idea that um, because of his trauma, he kind of has a, a foot in both worlds and like the living and the other world. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's this always kind of like this push pull of his friends always trying to like pull him back into reality to make sure he's safe. Um, his talent is sight, so he can see death glows and and plasm, plasma and stuff like that and uh, where people died. He's also, like, the best at fencing, so, you know, <laughs> he's got a lot going for him, right? <laughs> Aside from his trauma. Um, and he's just, you know, he's a nice guy. Um, so then you've got George, so he's Lockwood's um, agent and he I lives in the George. house and... And he's this sort of beautiful, misunderstood, difficult to get to know, but homely character. And he's always like making the tea and bringing them donuts and kind of looking after people. Um, he's also a bit of a mess. Uh, <laughs> and he's a genius researcher. So he spends lots of his time in the archives. Uh, and he ha- I think he's got a bit of the sight and a bit of the touch talent. So he, he's got it plus, plus research. Um, and then you've got Lucy Carlyle. So she's the uh, protagonist and everything is written in her point of view. So <clears throat> um, she's this unloved and, un- and girl and she's unappreciated at home. Um, and she was forced to become an agent um, by her family to um, make money. And uh, she has this incredible listening ability so she can hear um, sounds from like the ghost death and like sort of one little one word things that they're trying to say. Um, and she can hear a lot more than anybody else. So something goes wrong with uh, one of her missions um, one day and they all die um, and the adults all blame her and it wasn't her fault at all. And it was the adults fault for sure for sending the kids in and not listening to them mm-hmm. Um which is kind of sad. So after that happens, um, she runs off to London, um, but none of the agencies will interview her because she doesn't have her fourth grade. She's only got her third grade. Um, and fourth is like the top one. She hasn't finished so, her, her, her ghost schooling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But which is like something that the, like a framework that the adults put in there, mm. um, which is kind of ironic since they can't even, um, they can't even see the ghosts, so they can't That's fight right. them. So they're You're reliant like on these children. Yeah, grow out of your powers. Like you yeah. eventually stop having powers as you grow older. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she she's run off to London. Um. She just by chance. Uh. She has an interview. Well, she turns up at the Lockwood Agency. She doesn't have an interview, but they are interviewing at the time. Um. And she passes a couple of their tests and. Uh, they actually take her on because they don't really operate in the same way as the big ones do. So they only have the three agents. Um, And she joins them and she lives in their house. Um, It's like a three or four story house. 
um, and they each have their own little bedrooms and they've got a library and kitchen and basement where they put all their um, <laughs> weapons and um, they've got like security and a, a store for some ghostly items and they have a um, place where you can practice your fencing down there as well. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the... Yeah, so she's kind of this really strong character. I kind of been abandoned and kind of blamed and um for things that weren't her fault. Um and I think she's probably a bit lonely as well. Um because she's been used for most of her life. So when she gets to Lockwood and Co, she kind of fits in um like she finds her little place with them because um they're all working together and they're not specifically trying to use her. Um, and she's just, uh, yeah, so she's kind of found her place with Lockwood & Co. Uh, so there's like found family vibes to the max in this one. And it's so beautiful to see how the characters progress over the five books um, because it is it is mystery and adventure, um, but there's so much character development in it. They're just, it's very subtly done. Um, there is a romance, there's definitely a romance element to it, but it's super subtle and it's so well done. Um, it's all through sort of like conversation and looks and characters like overcoming their flaws um, so that they can help other characters mm. and it's not necessarily um, any more than that. Mm. But um, so it's really cool. And I know the author also said that he doesn't write outright romance, um, but it's definitely an element of these stories yeah um yeah so other than that so then they go on their missions and their death-defying adventures so they're um so people call them and then they go to try and find the ghost sources um and eradicate them and make it safe for people to like live in their homes and whatnot um and yeah, so they start by messing up all the time. It's very funny. And eventually they get better and they learn to work together. Like plucky is probably like a word I would use to describe them. Um, and there's also a pretty cool element of like because the the adults can't see the ghosts and they can't really, they can sense them a little bit, but they can't see them and they can't do anything about them. So they're really at the mercy of these children who have powers and can see the ghosts and can actually protect them and kill them and find them, etc. Um, so um for a young adult book, it's kind of cool because the kids and teenagers just have lots of autonomy and are in charge. And it gets mentioned a lot that just adults are useless <laughs> because they are in this in this situation, which I think is really cool. Um so adults take a back seat and yeah, and teens are like, we don't need you, we've got this. Um, it's interesting because yeah. you think, read a lot of young adult books where yes. like the young people are doing all these crazy things and you're just like, your parents wouldn't let you do that or adults wouldn't be letting yeah. you do that. But in this one, it's like, yeah. no, the adults have to let you do that because they can't. Yeah. Or a lot of the time there's like a tone in the young adult books where like, like teenagers aren't really capable of doing anything or their like their views aren't important, et cetera. Like that's what the adults think of them. So this is a quick way, a good way to just completely dispel that. And um, yeah, there's no parents in this book. 
So that's yep, cool. Classic way. Um, <laughs> no parents. Yeah. Kill all of the parents. They're not all dead. That like they're either dead or sometimes horrible. they've just left them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So books three and four in this series, for anyone that's read them, will know that they are emotionally damaging oh, to good. the core. Still beautiful, very damaging. Um, but the ending, oh, the ending is so well done. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's so perfect. They've, his style and his craft, it's really well written. It's very consistent. Um, and it's like considering we're talking about ghosts, it's all very believable. Like the world building that he does and the lore around it is very strong um, to the point where at the back of the book you've got like a rundown of each type of ghost and the difference between the levels and how they come about and how they get attached to things. So it's really interesting and he's put a lot of work into it and it's just so good. <laughs> um, so that is my review, 500 stars, my favourite <laughs> series in a long time um good yeah <laughs> go read it i can't believe netflix canceled the second season and no one's picked it up and you know with the writer's strike nothing's no it's not it's gonna be it's like nothing dead. for it's years and yeah and well, i'm like ugh, it's just heartbreaking <laughs> well i'm gonna talk about i was gonna talk about other stuff but i'm gonna talk about fourth wing because i recently finished fourth wing and i uh-huh. loved this book absolutely loved I haven't it. read this book yet and most people will probably know about this book whether they've read it or not because it, it is everywhere on social media because everyone is so in love with this book that I was like all right everyone's so in love with it I'll buy it I found it finding a copy of this book for some people is ridiculously hard it has been sold out on Amazon for really? like months people in america oh, can cannot get their hands on this i managed to find one in a big w <laughs> and yeah those places are good for trying to find books eh which was it was it's crazy so oh, so I that book it. doesn't exist in new zealand then <laughs> yeah you, you've got no hope of getting it i'll send you this copy i have well i told you before that i um we have like a, a library app where you can like download audiobooks and I've put a hold on it, but I think it's something something stupid like 25 weeks or something like that before I get a copy. So uh, so yeah, I bought a physical copy of it and then I'm in the middle of edits and I've got other books. I have a I have a lot of books. I keep buying books and not reading them. Yeah, so I was too. like, I'll eventually get to it maybe. And I yeah. I was really worried about reading it because there's such hype of like People either love it or hate it kind of thing. Like most people seem to love it, but I've also seen a bunch of people that I like I trust reviews of who are like, I didn't like this kind of thing. I've heard that too. I've heard a bit of um, yeah, you either love it or hate it. Which is so strange because it has very good reviews on Goodreads. Yeah. So I was kind of nervous about it. And then I signed up to Scribe to get uh two free months of using it. And they've got audiobooks on there. And the audiobook mm. of it was on there. And I was like, well, I can listen to it while I'm doing other stuff. If I hate it, then I can just stop listening to it. I, I could not stop. I listened to it in like three days and it's like a 20-hour book, though I was listening it on 1.8 speed. I could not stop <laughs> listening to it. It's like, it's a, so it's about a girl named Violet and she is, she's part of, well, she's wanting to join the Scribe Quadrant, which is like the 
people who document things in the world and, you know, a very quiet life like her father had, but her mother's like a top ranking person in the dragon riders and was like, nope, you're going to go be a dragon rider like your sister and your dead brother because oh, that is come what Gales do. Oh, gosh. And, of course, the dragon riding, like, course is, like, everyone dies. Most people die. You, like, you have a test to get there and people died. You ha- you finally, like, make it through and you, like, join the quadrant and she gets put into fourth wing. People, Other people are trying to kill you because there's only so many dragons who will choose to bond with people. So people are trying to take out other people so that there's less competition to get a dragon or you're going to prove but yourself why? to a dragon. It's crazy. There's a lot of violence. Don't a lot kill of people. people. Yeah. And people are after her in particular because her mother is, her mother was part of the, so <laughs> how to describe the main love interest, Zayden, he and Zayden. his father was called the great betrayer and he and a bunch of other people were said to betray the dragon riders. And so they were all killed and all of their children were marked and branded and forced to be dragon riders as a basic death sentence for them for just being the children of the people who betrayed. And so that her mother was part of that. And so Zayden and the others all hate her and other people hate her as well, just for being her mother's daughter. And she's like, she hasn't really been training to be a dragon rider, so she's not very strong in comparison and she's quite small. Um, but, of course, there's, like, the lovely hot snow- slow burn romance with her and Zayden, which is which ends in some very, very nice spicy scenes. <laughs> yeah, see, see, I read this book after you told me about it. <clears throat> I didn't read the book. I read the blurb and just looked into it a little bit. And there's nothing... Nothing that says it's spicy. You wouldn't think it was anyway. And then all of a sudden, there you go, spicy scenes. And I was, I was here for it. I was absolutely here for it. It was okay. so good. Yeah, yeah. And just, it's so well written with just like the tension between her and Zayden, and and then there's also like the mystery of like clearly like the the government is like hiding something and like something's not quite right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, like, slowly learning, like, everything she thought she knew is, like, the opposite and, like, Zayden's people aren't that bad and, and yeah, and it's just, mm. <laughs> it's so good. And I just, I could not stop listening to it. I just had to stop everything I was doing and I, mm. I is it even... a, is it a series? Yes. So the second one's coming out in November. It's called Iron Flame. I'm assuming it's going to be a trilogy. I don't actually know. Like, I literally just picked this up to read this one. I didn't even realize the second one was coming out because this one only came out in May this year. And then the second one's already coming out in November. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Like, maybe they already had written the other ones. Maybe they, like, have sped up publication because it's so popular. They want to, like, ride that hype train of, like, here's the second book. You're going to sell millions of them. Let's not keep people waiting, which I'm all for, of course. I yeah. pre-ordered the two special edition hardback <laughs> sprayed edged ones <laughs> because they're beautiful. Nice. And I love them. I love but books. It's just... Does it, um, don't spoil it, but does it end on a cliffhanger then if there's going to be another one or is are they quite? Yes. Um, yeah. There's like a reveal of something and then it <gasps> kind of ends. So, yes. Yeah. 
I wouldn't say it's like a well, massive. Okay, it can't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, in twenty-five weeks, when I've got a copy of the audiobook, I'll let you know um, how it goes. But I just, I love the world building in this. I love all the characters, like even all the side characters. You get like little glimpses into their lives as well as she's like going for her day to day of like training with all these people and people trying to kill her and yeah and all that and yeah. It's just so good. <laughs> and I was so surprised, like pleasantly surprised at how yeah. good it was. It's so nice, isn't it, when you like get a book and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't put this down. This is the book. Like I feel like I haven't had a book like that in a long time until I stumbled across the Lockwood & Co series. Yeah. And I can, yeah, I can see how much you enjoy this. And when you're not expecting to, like I really yes. thought that like, oh, I'm probably going to end up not liking this. And yep. then just to fall so head over heels in love with it. It's just, it's so nice. It's so nice. Well, Shall hopefully we the about... next, next ones are good. Shall we talk about the one that we both read? Yeah. I think we've both been talking a lot and we probably will run out of time to talk about anything else. <laughs> That's fine. So we are both going to talk about um, Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry, which is it's a cozy yeah. fantasy which I yes. told Sarah to read in preparation for her critiquing my cozy fantasy book that I'm writing, which is almost ready to go to her. Yeah, and I'm only halfway through it so far, but I have been smashing out the Lockwood series, so, you know. <laughs> That's fine. So it's, I, I got halfway there. <laughs> so it's a halfway book review from me. <laughs> I kept seeing this book on tiktok like cozy fantasy just somehow came up in my tiktoks and then which led me to legends and lattes which is like people say is like the mother of all cozy fantasy like is what started the genre yeah it's it's more like what started the name of the genre but like there are books out there that were already what we would consider close cozy fantasy and the whole genre itself is like evolving because it's such a new thing that concept that people are still trying to define what yeah, cozy I was fantasy gonna ask is you, exactly. Like, what is cozy fantasy? It's all been like changing. Like, a lot of people are like, it's low stakes or it's it's got romance in it. Or it, recently on TikTok, there's been a lot of discussions about because at one point people were calling it low trigger, and people are now not calling it low trigger because triggering is a very mental health um, kind and of super term. subjective as well. Like, yes, exactly. If you've had trauma about coffee and they're talking about a cafe. I mean, (laughs) exactly. So this is why it's like they're still trying to define the terms of it and like the whole, like it's really interesting seeing it unfold on through the BookTok community of people like bringing up issues and then other people like trying to fix those issues and trying to sculpt what we want this genre to be kind of thing and being like mindful of what terms we use to give it how that affects other people it's really interesting so I I suggest if you're like interested in that you go check out like the book book talk scene at the moment I'm not on that side of TikTok so I'm gonna have to try and get on there (laughs) (laughs) I can send you some uh somehow yeah please do (laughs) yeah because I think it's really interesting because whenever I talk about cozy fantasy people like what is it exactly and obviously I had that question when you Mm -hmm. were like I've read a cozy fan uh I've written a cozy fantasy and you're gonna have to read it and you need to read this first I feel like for me it's 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 low stakes, it's like warm vibes, it's definitely warm vibes. It's yeah. nothing 
it can have heavy, not nothing too heavy. Like obviously characters might need to go through something, but it's going to end in a happy ending. It's going to make you feel warm and fuzzy. There might be some like serious talks in there, but yeah. it's going to be like everything's okay. It's going to be a bit slice of life. So it's kind of here's this little and contained little story yeah. of this one person's life as opposed to like we're going to go off and fight the big bad guy and over three books and win a war yeah yeah because how do they get away with doing low stakes because i feel like when you learn about the craft of writing they're like you have to have stakes and they have to be high enough to keep the readers interested yeah i had the same problem when i was trying to plot my book i was like how do you have you like make it interesting enough to keep it going and I think like I guess you have like your character has a problem like in Legends and Lattes the main character is Viv and she's like an ex-adventurer and she's decided she wants to open a coffee shop but she's got like in this book the the stakes are that like there's people from her past who come back into her life and then there's also mm-hmm. a a a gang boss in the city who wants her yep. to be paying taxes basically kind of thing but and I then mean there's like the stake of trying to run a small business as well and get it off the ground yeah, selling something that nobody knows what it is yeah so I, they're not like huge stakes they're yeah. and they don't even pop up all the time like even for me reading legends and lattes like the thing that like I was just so invested with her making the coffee shop like meeting new people I think that's another thing that's big for cozy fantasy it's really about relationships with yep. people so, like, Viv making new friends and getting people to help her out when she, like, hires Thimble or she hires, um, oh, my God, what's her name? Tandry? Yeah. As well. And, like, the them succubus. getting to know each other and, yeah, but also, like. And learning to work together. There's definitely, yeah. like, found family type friendship stuff in this. Yeah. Which I always like. And but I like coffee, too, feels. and sweet buns, so. Yes. I mean, you had me at coffee and sweet buns. So. It's all cozy and warm and and not too serious, I guess. Though I've read cozy fantasies that have like serious stuff in it as well. Like, that's why it changes so much. Have Even- you? Yeah, we should do a cozy fantasies episode. <laughs> Try and work out what it is. Um, the other thing they're talking about at the moment when they were talking about how they don't want to use the word triggers for cozy fantasy, they were talking about things that are problematic with like, like with this book. People have been saying like how. Viv is basically taken coffee, which was invented by the gnome people, and taken it and is capitalizing on it. Yep. And there's like a lot of reflection on the real world in those kind of things. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about being mindful of parallels with things that are insensitive in the real world. Another example Mm. of that is in um, another cozy fantasy, Can't Spell Treason Without Tea, which I also love. Um, they basically invent bagels in that book, and like the author just picked bagels because she likes bagels. Ah, uh, yeah, but, but obviously bagels are a very um big thing to the Jewish people yep. during like the Nazi times. So yep. that's considered insensitive. So she's actually like yeah. the author's literally taking out the bagels and just swapping it with like a like something that's more culturally appropriate to her. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? And that and and trying to be like a cozy fantasy so something warm and gentle and nice um because the real world is so freaking awful um everything you try to write about just gets kind of tainted or like 
it's not tainted, but you have to be so careful about what yeah. it is, about taking real life stuff, isn't it? It's almost like if they invented something completely random, like a fantasy food yeah. item, you'd be better off. Which is, I guess, why a lot of people are, are pushing more for authors to use sens- sensitivity readers in their work so you can get an outside perspective of someone else yeah. who might know more about the things you're you're writing about mm-hmm. and can tell you, like, hey, maybe this isn't the best thing to put in your book, Yeah, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. As well. So, yes. Did we say what this book was about? No, we kind of got on a big tangent on like what was cozy fantasy. Yeah, and I loved it still, but <laughs> mate, yeah. So, Legends and Lattes is about uh, Viv, who is an ex adventurer who moves to this new an city. Orc. Huh? She's, She's yeah, an orc. she is an orc, and she moves to this new town to open a coffee shop in a city that's never heard of coffee before. Mm-hmm. And it's about her building the shop and getting to know people and like the just the growth of her shop. Like it's like if you've ne- if you had never heard of what a coffee shop was before, it's like inventing like different types of coffee and then inventing foods to go with them and discovering like uh, indoor seating <laughs> and music. Yeah. Like things that we already know exist in our world, but if it if it was in a world where no one had ever heard of it before, it's the it's the general learning and adapting and growing of that concept to become what yeah. we know a coffee shop is today, basically, which I think is really interesting. It almost now that we're talking about it, it almost like reads like like a cozy game, like a sim game or a building game, don't you <laughs> yeah. think? And you know, like yeah. how they're so fun, but they're just very cozy and um, kind of not terrifying. I feel like this is what that book is. So if you like those sorts of games, it may be something that you like as well. Yeah. It's just really, it just makes you happy. Like you read it and you know it's going to, everything's going to end up being okay. It's really nice seeing all these relationships of of characters getting to know each other and supporting each other it's mm-hmm. i find it's a it's more of a, a a type of genre where you know in like you don't you don't have that, that angst it's not like in other books where it like people have that whole miscommunication trope all the time where they like don't say yeah. what they mean like in this book yeah. people will just be like hey, this is how I feel, and then the other person would be like, I respect that and I love you and I'm going to support you. Like, yeah, that's what I love. That's what, like, cozy fantasy kind of is to me. <laughs> yeah, like good communicators all working through their problems. Yeah. That is fantasy because nobody's like that in real life. So. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but it's re- like, yeah, I can't wait till you finish it and then we could, like, talk about it properly. But this is the book that made me fall in love with Cozy Fantasies. As soon as I finished this book and I read this book in two days, I, ju- I started plotting my own book and I started and I went and ordered a bunch of other Cozy Fantasies because yep. it consumed my life. And here I am, like, about to send you the the critique draft of my, my book mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm now going to be publishing. So that's very really excited. exciting. I yeah. haven't felt this passionate about like, like obviously I like the other books I'm writing as well, but like I haven't felt that spark yeah. like since like when I first came up with the idea for Gin <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. So I'm just, I'm so excited and I love this genre and I just, everyone should go try out a cozy fantasy. And I think Legends yeah. and Lattes is like 
a good one. That's it's the like one the everyone compares everything to. Yeah. But like Cozy Fantasy is also like people say like the first couple of the first like five chapters of like The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings when they're all like in the Hobbiton partying and have like that's the cozy vibe kind of thing. And people like How's yeah. Moving Castle, that book as well, also considered like yeah. a cozy fantasy. So yeah, they're out there. There's so many and there's so many more. It's a thing that's like since Legends and Lattes came out, there's been a lot of self-published cozy fantasies because the publishing industry yep. hasn't caught up yet so in the next like yep. couple of years we are going to be flooded with cozy fantasies from because it takes several years for publishing to actually catch up yeah so we will be flooded soon hence why i'm trying to get mine done before yeah we're oversaturated with cozy fantasies and they just came at a time that was after in covid and after covid where everyone had had enough of the world and just wanted to yeah, yeah. have something a little bit lighter i guess yeah so yeah those were we're gonna stop there because i think we've run out of time to do mm-hmm. any more but yeah those are the three books we talked about we talked about legends of lattes fourth wing and the lockwood and co series and we recommend mm-hmm. all of them we want to thank yep. you so much for listening to another episode of bound together if you like our podcast we'd love if you would leave us a review it really helps us to be seen by more people you can find mine and sarah's books at most online retailers if you look for laura catherine or sarah gray you can find us on instagram at laura catherine author and sarah gray write stuff i am also on tiktok as laura catherine and in our next episode we are talking about i've forgotten what are we talking about (laughs) Uh, we're talking about the pile of shame. Oh, that's which right. is works that we have not finished. Yes. So usually a pile of shame is stuff books you haven't finished reading or games you haven't finished playing. Our pile of shame are books we never finished writing. So you can look forward to that next time on Bound Together. Thank you guys and bye. Bye.